Hi, this is Dr. Tony Cooper, and this is Life Without Baggage, Insights into Personal Wholeness for Spirit, Soul, and Body. I'm a psychologist in private practice. I treat adults. However, this is not a substitute for medication or counseling. If you're having thoughts of harming yourself or another person, or if this material triggers you, please contact your doctor or a mental health specialist to help you with your concerns. Today my topic is reasonable risks and principles for transformation and I'm going to be interviewing a business owner about a recent shift that he made. So bonus videos that I posted this week, basics for breakthrough and then recently control issues and healthy personal boundaries that fits with topics we're going to be talking about today. So first let's have a review of principles for transformation, and then we'll get into today's interview. We looked at barriers to transformation, and in past podcasts, I talked about what transformation is. In a makeover, they say that someone's been transformed, but that's just an external change. The Bible, when it talks about transformation, talks about a change that starts from the inside out. That 2 Corinthians 3.18, as we behold Jesus, we are changed. There is a metamorphosis is the word. Our time with him changes us. So that's an important concept to understand. It's our time with the Lord and our response to him. And we behold him through his word. God provides Jesus who died for sin. He came to earth to pay for our sin. He provides salvation through Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit who lives within us once we receive Jesus as our Savior who lights up our spirit, makes us alive. And then the word of God teaches us how to know the Lord. So we decide how much of ourselves to yield in this process of transformation. We can cultivate the relationship. We can renew our minds. So today my guest is Curtis Didato. I wanna give you some information about his background, what he's doing and uh, how the Lord has prepared him for what he's doing. So he has a bachelor's degree in education that he got from Miami University. He has a master's degree in business administration from Ohio University. He attended Bethel Reading and completed a year of training in their supernatural school of ministry. And more recently, he has his certification in HR, which is the SHRM SCP. Currently, he is the president of Dedato Consulting. He has a long history in human resources through AML, RightSource, Nesco Resource. He's done a lot of work for them and with security. He was on staff at Bethel Cleveland, where he taught in the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry for two years. And farther back in his career, he was a special ed teacher through Worcester City Schools. He also was a coach in lacrosse and soccer. So he's had a very illustrious and varied uh, career path, which all of us in my family seem to prefer, or at least that's what the Lord does with us. His interests and hobbies are soccer, running, especially trail races, and he loves music. And in the past, he's been a coach for lacrosse and soccer. So it was hard to organize all of these interesting things because he's not very old and he's done a lot of different things. He also happens to be my nephew. So welcome today, Curtis. Tony, thanks for having me. Very much appreciate it. You're welcome. 
So recently you made a career decision and why don't you tell us about how you knew it was time to do something new because our focus is going to be taking reasonable risks in the process of transformation. It's an interesting, probably take it back just a little bit. And as you mentioned, the the Dedato family, we're a bit, um, we look for opportunities and seem to know that we change from time to time. So throughout my career, let me just say this, throughout my career, the longest that I've ever worked for any specific place was three years. Um, I've had stints of doing two years, three years, a year. Just seemed like when I would get to certain spots that there was always a point where I said, you know what, I think that I've done everything that I can here and I feel like if I continue to just churn my gears, I can have, you know, be relatively successful, be fine, be comfortable. But the way that I'm wired and the way that, you know, God created me to be, I'm not okay being comfortable. That's when I start to get um, anxious or antsy or even depressed. I'll just feel off because I get bored. So you need a challenge, right? I need something to keep me busy. So in other times of life where if I've had, you know, some professional things that have been going on and it starts to get a little dull or not as exciting, um, I look for something else. And so a few years back, that was one of the reasons that I got into trail racing, which I had never done before. And that was an, an early COVID uh, coping mechanism to say, I got to figure out something to do to give me some challenge. And so what I did is to say, you know, professionally things were okay, but I was starting to stagnate again. Um, I needed something to challenge myself. So I would go out, I would go run trails, I would go find hills to run because I said, you know what, I could go take this really, really easy with some of these runs or I can voluntarily put myself in a position that's going to challenge myself. So I really found a lot of interest in running because every time that I went out, I could challenge myself. I could go a little bit faster. I could go a little bit further. Um, I could change my diet. I could make adjustments to how I would perform. And that gave me such a sense of pride in being able to say, okay, I'm doing something. I'm making progress. We build confidence when we try new things, don't we? Correct. I'll tell you what, just being on that physical side of, I was never a distance runner. Growing up, I was always more of a sprinter, played soccer, lacrosse, like you talked about. I I coached those things, but never had any interest in the distance because I'm like, this is stupid. Like, who would ever want to go out and just go run for an hour, two hours, three hours? I'm like, that sounds terrible. And then the more that I went and did it, the more I enjoyed it. And the more it was, my mindset started to shift of, well, I can run another half mile. I can run another mile. I can run another two miles and just kept extending on because I love that challenge. So I was doing a really, I was really enjoying that on, you know, the personal side of being able to develop that. But I kept coming back to what I was doing professionally. I was working for an organization for about a year and a half. No ill will, no qualms about it whatsoever. Um, I came in on on their HR team and was responsible for develop re- redesigning their performance management programs, develop training programs, help the organization understand um, what we actually did and what we provided to clients. It was a great opportunity. Um, really was able to leverage and build relationships throughout the organization, get people involved of um, who had the expertise to talk about what was doing a lot of project managing and learning a lot about the business. Because that's something that I've always really enjoyed from Um, an organizational standpoint is I don't see myself as just an HR person or just a business owner. I want to look at how marketing overlaps with operations, that overlaps with revenue, that overlaps with, you know, the the human function. How are we incentivizing people to get what we need them to do? So, so many times in organizations, we see these siloed approaches of operations is going to do this, 
revenue is going to do this, marketing is going to do this, human resources and finance is going to do this. And then there's no collaboration between them. And then inevitably what ends up happening is that there's inefficiencies developed, there's tensions, there's not relationships that go along with that. So these are all part of my experiences that as I was leading up to this, um, starting my business back in goodness, June of 2022, leading up to this, I was getting to a point professionally again and said, I'm not challenged. You know, I was having some conversations throughout the organization that we were talking about different ways for me to get involved or leverage or use, you know, some of my skill set. And as we continued to talk about it, there was nothing that was ever clear about where what my next step was. It was, well, maybe it could look like getting involved with this team. Maybe it'd be work, working with um, these individuals. There's some conversations as well about me starting to develop some content and training for professional development. And I was already doing some of that. And Tony, what I started to think of was, well, I could either develop content and training on behalf of another organization. I would then give up the rights to that content and that training to the organization. I would then need to go develop my own stuff and I wouldn't be able to profit off that directly. So I would just essentially be, which I know that's how organizations work. You create and then they use that on your behalf. I, I completely understand that and don't have any issue with that. But what I wanted to do is I like having control of my own content. I've always liked to develop. I always want to think about how we can train and teach and help develop um, others and really help individuals and organizations reach their potential. And so was, that started to excite me a little bit, but I said, you know what, I'm not willing to give up that creative control. So then we start to get into it as, you know, again, having some more conversations and I get that feeling again of, oh, I'm not content. I'm getting, I'm getting sh shook up and I knew, I knew something needed to change. So I had one of two options at that point. It was leading up, I think it was about April of 2022. I knew I had one of two choices. I could either suck it up and continue to just show up and you know do a good job and work with my coworkers every day and add value and just kind of accept it is what it is, which I don't do that well. <laughs> I just don't, I knew that wasn't me or I could make a significant decision. When I looked back into um, the past couple years, other other transition that I had made between career choices, there was always a common thread of when I would get to the point of knowing that a shift was about to occur, there was always a relationship that was right around the corner or that I had um, that was go that was opening up another opportunity. So that's always been part of my decision-making process is to say, okay, are there meaningful relationships that are mutually beneficial for me to go and go serve them, go help them, and likewise knowing that it's like, I've got their back, they've got mine. So God has put people in your path that when it was time to do something else, he did show you there is a step onto this next part of your journey that takes you down maybe a different trail. Absolutely. That, that's exactly what it was. Um, I'm very much relationally driven. I like working with people. I'm very much an extrovert, although what I've learned about myself over the last couple of years is I'm an extroverted introvert that I really like my alone time yeah. too. Yeah. I really, really do. But there's always this piece to know that what God created me to do is not about me. It's not just about me. It's about finding other people um, that I can serve and help develop them and help them grow as well. But then also, I want to help them get further down their path, whether they know the Lord or not. That's It's irregardless. To me, I'm like, I don't really care if they're a believer or not. I want to help them get to where they're meant to go. I think a lot of people would call that a kingdom mindset, where you're doing what God created you to do. You're following him. Your assignment might change based on when a new season starts. But it isn't just about 
gratifying our own desires and our own um, reputation, but that we're providing some kind of support, encouragement, direction, growth for other people. For sure. And that's what I get the most professional and honestly personal satisfaction out of to say like, when I've launched an initiative or helped start something over my career, to see people go and run with it that doesn't have to do with anything that I specifically said, but for them to take ownership and to see those shifts in the behaviors of, whether it be um, taking being more intentional or having conversations that are more collaborative that they didn't previously have. I'm like, those are the pieces in my career that I can speak to. And I'm thinking of a couple offhand right now um, that I take the most pride in. Because to me, like my career and what God created me to do, it's not about me. I mean, I very much have a responsibility and I need to do what I need to do, but I feel like what God created me to do, step up, do what I need to, and then everything else works out and I can't control any of that. Yeah, I was just thinking while you were talking about how there's a difference between with adults, you offer people opportunities, but you're not trying to control them. And you do what the Lord shows you to do. In, in the Old Testament, prophets spoke what the Lord gave them to speak, but it was up to other people whether or not they followed. So I like what you're saying that you give them opportunities, you empower them, but then they have to decide what they're gonna do with it. I very, very, very much agree um, with that. And Tony, you know, since we've known each other for, I mean, my, whole my, whole life, my whole life at least, <laughs> And getting to talk with you and then knowing that there's other therapists in the Dodato family as well, I have learned a ton, a ton, a ton about what the meaningfulness between relationships is and what we can expect. So something that I've modeled my professional career in, in these conversations as well over the years is to say, or I will say early on, especially when the, in the teaching days and the, the training days, I would take so much upon myself to get people to where I could see where they could go. So from a coaching perspective, I could see players that had a ton of potential, but they weren't putting in the work. They weren't spending time in the weight room. They weren't doing some of the off-season things. But I'm like, you could be so much better than this. And I would spend so much emotional time and energy into trying to get them, get them to where I could see them to be. Now let's fast forward into my HR career over the past five years or so. Um, a lot of what I've still done, I'm still an educator, I'm still a trainer. That will never stop, regardless of what my title is, regardless of what you know industry I'm in, I always wanna help people grow and develop. So what I've really started to hone into the last couple of years, I've started to get much, much better about this, is I don't spend a lot of time with people who don't wanna grow and if they don't wanna develop. So I really like working with leaders that are, that are asking the questions, well, what can I do to motivate my people more effectively? And then we get into conversations and I'll say, it's not your responsibility to motivate. It's their responsibility to motivate themselves and you need to inspire and hold them to accountability. And so we'll talk about those things. Yeah, and I've talked about this in probably some, some podcasts and some videos, probably specifically the control issues video that you know different people have different goals. And if we don't respect what they want and we're forcing our agenda, that's a control issue. It's a boundary problem. So we love everyone, but we select who we invest in. And I love boundaries, Tony. I love, <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to talk about, especially in the professional setting because it is just not discussed often enough. So I agree, that's one of the boundaries that I place for myself because I. it is my responsibility to manage my internal energy, my emotions, my mental state, my physical, like that's all on me. So if I'm making, let's just look at a, about this analogy. 
You know, if I go and make a bad financial investment, whose fault is it? It's, it's mine. And if I continue to go make bad financial investments that I just continue to do over the last two, three years, like who am I to expect anything else is going to change? Because it's like, you're an idiot. Like quit doing the same thing over and over and over because you keep losing money. So I look at that the same way that I do as relationships is to say, well, if I keep spending making these bad emotional investments into people, which again, I always, I spread a little bit of emotional investment out and just see where there's going to be return. And if there's no return, I say, you know what? I want that money back. I'm not going to continue to put my bets down here. I'm going to go use it elsewhere where I know I can still get something that's yeah. out of it. I find the mistake a lot of people make is when they notice they're over-investing in a relationship, mm. they feel like they have to go have a confrontation and a talk, come to Jesus talk. And it's like, no, you just make an adjustment. You don't need to explain it. I mean, Correct. then you just have an argument and that's really counterproductive. Correct. Especially if there's not much depth of the relationship. You know, it's like, what's the point? Like, this doesn't do me a whole lot. Now, if it's been going on for years, that's another story, depending on the... And you still just make your adjustment and keep moving. <laughs> I agree. I completely, completely agree. So, Tony, these are all some of the things that I've I've picked up. And just to... Well, we could absolutely come back to that. But just to get back to the, um, the reason that I started the business as well. So, I look at all these very practical, relational things that I've learned about... Um, what people need to be responsible for themselves, how we interact with others, how to get the most out of people, how to be transparent. What I often found is managers, leaders are often too nice. They don't hold people to the right accountability. And so what I wanted to do is to say, okay, I've gained a lot of, um, and not that, I, not that I know everything, I'm never going to claim that, but I know a lot about a lot of different things from marketing to, I was in the sales background before when I used to sell health insurance and employee benefits. Um, done the operations, been in customer service, been in HR, basically any any function of an organization, I have some level of, of understanding about how it works. So when it came to, like I said, when I started to get that feeling of, okay, something's got to shift, going back to what we started to talk about relationships, this was the first time in, gosh, what was it, about 15 years that when I knew a change was coming, there was no relationship for me to say, to gravitate toward so this was one of those moments where I go, okay, Lord, the, the variables have changed. Like this is how we've played the game in the past of my past experiences, but this is a new variable. So out of that, Tony, what I thought is to say, okay, well, just because that's how it was in the past doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be the exact same formula for the future. So I almost felt like the Lord was like, okay, we did that. Now it's on to the next strategy. So what I needed to do from there was I know that... I've done a better job, I would say, over the last five years of regulating my emotions and knowing how to keep those in check. But what I wanted to make sure that I wasn't doing was to do anything stupid and impulsive to say, I need out of this opportunity now because I'm ready to be done. So I needed to talk with people. I needed to talk to my inner circle people and to say, okay, you know me, you know how I'm wired, you know my background. And I was already having these conversations with God too. So it's not like, you know, this was completely independent. Sure, it's a process. So it sounds like yes. this is a good place to stop for this podcast. And then we're going to pick up next time on how you interacted with the Lord and how you drew from different wells to make your decision and then take a reasonable risk. Thanks, Tony. So that was part one of my interview with Curtis Dedato. 
Next week's podcast will continue the interview. So Lord, I just pray that you would help those who are anticipating or considering making some changes, that they would be able to lean into you for the wisdom they need about this decision. This is Dr. Tony Cooper, and this is Life Without Baggage. Thanks for listening, and if this helped you, share it with a friend.